Hi, I'm Kieran Cook, and welcome to At Source Podcast, a place where natural health and well-being are at the forefront of the conversation. Gain useful insights direct from the source from doctors, industry experts, wellness advocates, and everything in between. This is a place for busy people who want to get to the core of health and wellness with information about the latest health advances and trends. In this series, we talk with and learn from inspiring leaders from all walks of life, touching on important topics that will help answer some of the key questions about natural health, well-being, fitness, and all things direct from the source. Susie Cato is one of New Zealand's most beloved children's presenters with a career spanning radio announcing and television presenting. We've come to know and love her through the iconic shows You and Me and Susie's World, and she later starred in Dancing with the Stars and The Masked Singer. These days, you'll catch her on her YouTube channel, Susie's Cato's Tree Hut TV, where she continues to educate and inspire Tamariki through regular episodes of Susie's Book Corner. She also shares Kiwi content with songs and stories on her radio show, Susie and Friends, which you can listen to on a number of different stations around Aotearoa. In this episode, we cover Rethinking Failure, the importance of teaching kindness and compassion, and non-digital time for families. Okay, Susie, so we're going to just crack straight into it. It's so great to have you join me today for the At Source podcast. I've been really looking forward to this. So in this episode, we're going to cover rethinking failure, the importance of teaching kindness and compassion, and non-digital time for families. So welcome, Susie. It's such a pleasure to have you here for the At Source podcast. The children of New Zealand are very lucky to have you around, of course. And speaking of tamariki, I was interested to read that you suggest in order to raise kind and compassionate children, we have to be kind and compassionate with ourselves. So do you think as adults, we forget to do that? Oh, definitely. Unfortunately, with the busyness of our lives and all that we have going on, all the, all the stresses, all the things that we put in ourselves, we do forget to be kind to ourselves. We're too busy perhaps comparing ourselves or rushing to meet deadlines or um, trying to deal with everything in our lives with, with children. So it's so important that we are kind to ourselves and take a moment. And that is simply, or can be as simply as um, that first coffee in the morning is actually enjoying it. It's actually going, <sighs> for me, it's a hot water. I don't drink coffee. I love the smell of it. I've never acquired the taste. But it, for me, it's that hot water. Knowing that I've poured it for me, it's my first one, and I'm doing something good for myself. So, What charges you up in the morning? Because you're so high energy, so if you're off the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you haven't seen me first thing in the morning. <laughs> oh, generally, I'm a hot water and lemon girl. Um, but I, when I wake up, I try and take that big, deep breath. And before I even think, what day is it? What time do I have to get you know, out of bed to get my son off to school? Or you know, that first Zoom call or whatever. I take a moment to take a big, deep breath, centre myself, and just go, feel love. I use a lot of white light. I circle myself with white light and positive energy. And I think about the members of my family, wherever they are. I send it out to all my friends and all my neighbours, my community. I end up circling it. If I've got enough time, I end up circling it around the world because... We are all in various stages and places and um, parts of our journey. We could all do with a little bit of aroha. Mm. If we can find it within ourselves, then that is amazing. And if it comes mm. from somebody else, then that's amazing too. So yeah. um, it's something that I've tried to talk to my children about. You can only, I can't say that I've definitely taught them how to do that. You can only give people ideas and suggestions and strategies and allow them to take on what feels right for them so it's something that I've and I talk about in various podcasts or during lockdown when we had snuggled into this corner here we had the opportunity to um, read stories and have little koreros with mm. some of my older friends and followers um, mm. it was an opportunity for me to share those ideas then too because everything will be okay everything will be all right we just need to breathe and center and work out what our strategy is to deal with what's going on mm. everyone's really busy and you know 
centeredness is uh, is spoken about in very different ways and I hear you talking about breathing and white light so I mean in that in that very busy morning routine where pace is on how do you explain white light what what's that for you oh, for me it's it's um it is it is energy it is love it is healing it is positivity it's warmth it's um, whatever you want it to be, you can put a spiritual context to it and say that it is God coming through or or whatever God you um, follow. But for me, it is universal love, light, warmth, strength, truth, honesty, um, positivity. Yeah, um, a word that I'm using a lot at the moment is mafana which is, um, comes from Tongan, and I don't know if I'm using it in quite the right context, but that is uh, so many uh, in different aspects it's been referred to as warmth and a sense of belonging. And, and uh, in the movie Red, White and Brass, it's leave your head at home and follow your heart. So it's that kind of feeling. It's that kind of now, wow, mm. yeah. And you being. just grab it, it's just in the moment because obviously there's not a lot of time in the morning to be able to do this, right, because pace is on. But yeah. it's there's, there's a skill in that, right, to be able to do that in a bite-sized way. Mm. Um, I was having this conversation with uh, actually my partner because he's quite interested in meditation and, you know, I'm more of a, you know, furtive rush-around type and the way I relax is actually to be on the move. So I go running and... I'm more of an active relaxer and he's a more sort of stay-at-home sort of still type. So I said, why don't you learn to meditate when I go to the gym and I'm doing it more in an active way or I'm out on the road? You know, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you just doing bite-sized or even bite-sized? Learn to do meditation bite-sized because, you know, I'm from all these podcasts, what I'm hearing is that you can actually do this kind of stillness in a bite-sized way and you don't have to do this 30-minute chunks or one-hour chunks and hmm, for 30, 30 minutes or 45 minutes. Yeah. There's an art to it though. You've got to be able to learn how to do this. You can actually get refreshed from what I'm hearing in five or ten minute segues, right? Oh, You're even, doing even, it. Even You're even doing it than... quick, right? Yeah, even, even less than that kind of segment, even just the mere fact of breathing in Right down to your feet and then breathing out. That is just the most amazing little meditation. It's instant. It is. And what you're doing, whether you're, um, at, say, at the gym, your repetitions, your focus on that, that is a meditation. So exactly. taking that sip of coffee, that hot water, that juice, whatever it is. Yeah. It is a form of meditation. It's connecting. It's being one and sitting in the energy and the positivity. And if you can do that every time, a friend of mine used to have a little alarm. I don't know if she still does. A little alarm on her phone. And she set it to the top of the hour and then bing. And it was a reminder to her to just go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. as simple as that. But, yeah. you know, it's the, the same thing is we're rushing down the road or we're sitting in traffic. It's going, hmm, I'm sitting in the traffic. I've got a choice here. I can either go, oh, I'm sitting in traffic. This is driving me mad. I'm sure that beep, beep, toot, toot, and all the rest of it. Or you go, oh, there's a butterfly. Or, wow, that the wind of the way that that caught that person's hair. Just, wow. Or, you know, that kind of thing. It's yeah, make a choice. In the moment. Yeah. What yeah. beauty can you see? Oh, my nails are looking really good today. Not mine particularly, but, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. It's yeah. um, looking in the rear vision mirror and going, hey, kid, you're doing okay. Yeah. Make a choice. Ooh. And I, yeah. yeah, and I was just going to come back to that very point because um, it's about making choices, kicking back that negativity, because I think being kind and compassionate to ourselves as adults, we forget it. We get into a negative mindset where we're on a loop. And I think that we forget about, you know, kind of shifting gear and getting back into that positive mindset, you know, how can we expect our kids to be kind and compassionate if as adults we're kind of in that negative loop, right? Which, oh, exactly. As we get older, we get more, you know, we get more practiced at being in that negative loop and we have to kind of work really hard to unravel that. Let's not think of it in terms of working hard. Let's just <laughs> think of it in terms of being kind to ourselves and having fun 
and let it go, let it go. Okay, so that breathing thing again. Um, and I have done it a lot. Look, I haven't been like this all my life. And I have had serious self-doubt, and I still do now, you know, all that, that's part of being a human. Um, I've um, felt depression and I've felt anxiety and all those sorts of things. Something that I've worked with my children with, and again through the, the um, Instagram lives and things like that, it's a case of at night as you're going to bed and your mind is doing the gazillion things reliving all the mistakes, all the things that you've said wrong or believe you've said wrong and all the, you know, the, the things that you've done is taking that big deep breath in, taking it all the way down to your feet and as you let it go, you let it go. Okay, so you're not going to undo the mistakes but that was in that moment. Whatever you said, however you felt, whatever you did was in that moment. You might think that everybody thinks of what you have done and and will hold on to that forever. They haven't they didn't even think about it at the time. They might have looked at you funny, but they, they've let it go. They've yeah. moved on because they're doing it all themselves. So the other thing with my um my my kids is when you're feeling that anxious, feel it physically. Clench every muscle in your body. Just yeah, everything from your butt cheeks to your face cheeks, the whole works. And then with every breath you let go another area of muscle. So we'll start at your toes and scrunch those toes up and then let it go. And feel that anger, feel that frustration, feel that fear, whatever it is, the shame, whatever it is. And then as you breathe out, let it go, release those muscles and let it go because our body holds on to so much. And it's keeping the lesson, keeping the knowledge, but letting go nothing all that doesn't serve you so yeah. all that anger if unless you can want to put it into positive exercise or being creative or something like that which is a hard thing to do but if we can start doing that ourselves those are little things that we can do for our children mm. as well mm. so if we can and were you so were you able no. to do that with your kids did you sort of um that's pretty cool that you were able to have such great communication pathways with your kids. And were you able to do that with your kids right through to, are they teenagers now? Yeah, or? they're teenagers now, 18 and off discovering the world and, and herself as she works out what she wants to do with um, her study path and things like that. And yeah. my 15 year old. So yes, right from little ones, when they've come home from school and they're, um, nighttime has been a really good chance for them to be able to unpack what they've had on their day. You know, you mm. snuggle into bed, you're reading stories, and when they're really small, a snuggle and a story is all they need, they snu- head off to bed. As their mm. communication gets um, a little um, better or they're able to really explain what's going on, we've ended up having amazing, both my husband and, and I have been able to have great conversations with the kids about mm. what's going on in their day. And you actually have to put what's going on in your day aside. You can come back to that. But often in talking to your child about what's going on, um, what, how they're reacting, how are they responding to that, asking them more questions, what do you think you're going to do? Have you thought about and offering them suggestions, not saying this is what you need to do, this is how you do it, da-da-da-da-da. It's, it's giving them little ideas. Hey, have you thought about talking to that person and saying that you don't like what's going on? Mm. Have you thought about getting those two people to talk together if, if they're seeing something happening in a, in a distance? Communication is the key, mm. and it's doing it yeah. in a non-confrontational, um, relaxed, as much as you can, environment. Yeah. 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 And do you think, like, you know, you've been fortunate because, I mean, not all kids are open books and sort of easy no. to sort of talk to, right? I mean, there are oh, kids for sure. that, you know, so you've had, you've had two kids that have been pretty receptive to that kind well, of communication. Well, I wouldn't say fully receptive. They have, they're Kiwi kids. They're like me. And, and as I grew up, um, you have had times when... I locked horns with my parents because that's what you do as you, you're growing and developing and finding out who you are. Yeah. Um, so I've definitely had times where I've locked horns with my kids and that's yeah. all part of it. And it's like, no, I don't want to talk to you. You're right. It's them, them saying that to me. And then let's face it, at times I'm going, no, nah, I don't want to talk to you either. Yeah, right, right. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's ensuring that nobody goes to bed behind a slam door or anything like that. Yeah. It's like, hey, I hear you. I know you're not happy with this but this is the way it is going to be. We need to talk about it in the morning. Mm, and I mm. love you. I love you. I might not like your behaviour at the moment, 
I really don't like how you've spoken to me at the moment, mm. but I love you with all my heart and I always will. And mm. it's that, that thing too when a child has made a mistake or had an, an accident or whatever. Mm. Um, it's about ensuring that they can come to you. Yes, you might be furious at what they've done, mm. particularly when they're little. If they've done something, invariably it's by accident. Something's been spilt, something's been knocked over, something's sure. been broken. It's it's not screaming at them. It's um, going, oh, my goodness, what happened? How did that happen? How do we fix it? Oh, you yeah. better help me clean up the mess. Yeah. You better help me um, do all those yeah. sorts of things. That's and strange. look, that's um, a learning curve for me too. I've had to go back at some stages and say, hey, sorry about that. I exploded because mm. of of a whole lot of things that were going on in my life and it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, so sorry I was a bit grumpy mm. or sorry I reacted the way I did, but let's face it, guys, that behaviour was really off. Um, but by doing that, I'm not giving away my power. I'm not giving away um, my um, my strength or, you know, my position. I'm mm. acknowledging that my behaviour mm. wasn't what I would have liked myself, but now let's discuss it rationally. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I've got a, I've got a teenage daughter who's constantly trying to pull me up to apologise. <laughs> it's quite an interesting, <laughs> quite an interesting dynamic. And I'm like, well, what do I need to apologise for exactly? You know, like yeah. I'm constantly yeah. <laughs> going, hang on a minute, before I issue an apology, I just want to be doubly sure here that I actually yeah, do need sure. to give you one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. And, and it's really interesting because... Kids are far more aware of their rights now and have great um, opinions on things. As a child, I was oh, very yes. shy. I was very, you know, mum and dad would raise an eyebrow at me and I burst into tears. Oh, you surrender. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know. I, I like your five fingers of kindness example as a good reminder. Can you just share a little bit more about that with our listeners? I mean, I'd love them to... Um, for them to sort of have an understanding around that and maybe they could implement at some stage. Oh, for sure. Now, I'm going to have to refresh myself completely because yeah, I... Pull it up. Um, yeah, I will, actually, because yeah. this was something that I learned, and I had this open when mm. I saw that we were going to chat about it, because it's something that I learned through the Kindness Institute. Yeah, and okay. they're really basic little reminders mm. of how we can look after ourselves. So the thumbs-up attitude is yes. key because that's thumbs up, that's positive, being mm. positive and choosing to be positive. Mm. So when you get out of bed, you go, oh, it's Monday. And so you go, yeah, it's Monday. I have just had the most amazing weekend. And you know what? In four days' time, it's mm. the weekend again. Yeah. And, you know, Monday I'm going to go and see whoever at school or I'm going to catch up with so-and-so at work or, hey, tonight I'm going to make something or other for tea. So yeah. it's about, you know, that positivity, having that really positive mm. attitude. Um, I, the, the pinky finger is the other one that gets me because that is making a promise to yourself, making a promise to be kind to yourself. So... That whole pinky promise thing is, hey, me, I'm looking after me. I'm looking after, it's that looking in the mirror and going, yep, okay. I might have a few more greys through there than before, but tell you what, I'm still beautiful. I'm still gorgeous. I've got a lovely heart. I've got beautiful eyes. Look at my smile. Mm, okay, got something between my teeth. But, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. about acknowledging how your own worth, your own value mm. and um, and being kind to yourself. Because mm, mm. yeah, it's all too easy to look in the mirror and go, hmm, sure. five years ago? Yeah, but that's five years ago. That's, that's right. Yeah, we are all growing. And our, and our, our, um, our outward-facing self is just yeah. one part of who we are. Yeah, and our human mm. brain's wired anyway to see all the negatives. So we have to oh, be, for sure. as I said, forcibly like looking for the positives. Yes, yes, yeah. indeed. Here we go. Five tips for a kind of future. Uh, here we go. So you've got thumb pointing finger. Here we go. Pointing finger. So feeling gratitude. Um, point out the good people around you, the good things in your day and feel gratitude. That was one of them for pointing finger. Yeah. And we've got tallest finger. But kia kaha, stand strong yeah. and proud. Yeah. Believe in yourself because you're awesome. And you had the last one was your ring finger. Love yourself. Look mm. in the mirror. Yeah. Was that the one that yeah. you talked about, loving yourself, that one? 
Yes. You've got pinky yeah. finger, uh, and, ring yeah. finger. So um, all of those are very, very simple things. And by using your, your mm. you don't have to use your five fingers, you can use anything. It's a way of reminding yourself of those positive and very simple strategies mm. that you can teach your kids as well. But if Definitely. we can do that first with ourselves, if we can stand tall, stand proud, point out the good in people around us, look for the good mm. in people around us, love ourselves and and make a promise to be kind to ourselves, then who we are as a person is going to be a better role model for those around us, whether that's our kids, whether that's people at work. Just who we're going to be is just is going to be easier for ourselves. Yeah. That's right. No, they're great. They're great concepts. And I think they're great concepts for adults, but I think they're concepts that you could actually pass on, you know, to your kids or to kids in general. I'm interested in your affinity with kids. Um, where do you think that's come from? I mean, is there, is there anything in your background or in your parenting that you think has sort of contributed or attributed to your sort of um, affinity with kids? Um, no, I, I don't know how it came about. i Mum has always called me her Peter Pan in that I just never seemed to grow up. And uh, right from a young age, although I did have all those self-doubts and you know, all those sorts of things, I always did look for the best. I love that. And all the Pollyannas and the Green, Anne of Green Gables and you know, all those sorts of things. Mm. Um, Annie, all those musicals. Yes. I, 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 those, they resonated with me. And it was about... I would be absolutely devastated if something bad happened to somebody or, um, mm. or that I didn't have friends. If somebody wasn't my friend, I was like, wow, what have I done wrong, you know? So, mm. um, but I, I just see the innocence and beauty of a child as being something that we all need to retain because children don't look for the negative. They look for the po- okay. Majority of children don't look for the negative. Sure, sure, they, sure. They look for the positive, and yeah. they can be. They can find wonder when you're on your hands and knees wandering around trying to find whatever it is you've dropped. That's the view that a child has. So they're looking at, um, particularly for toddlers, they're looking at the world from knee high, mm. and so everything's like awe and wonder they have to look Mm. up it's all wow big eyes and Mm. and if we can do that we get so jaded we start desensitized and oh yeah um, and we um if start taking things for granted so Mm. if we're actually able to see the world through Mm. the eyes of a child and with excitement of something happening children love repetition we might just get so bored Mm. oh it's happening again kids go for the first time, it's, whoa. Second time, it's, ah. And then it gets to that place of, ah, I understand mm. that. I belong there or, or I have some control of it. I have some, uh, is now in context of my, my knowledge base because yes. I've, it's been repeated so many times, yeah. I understand it. I've got a sense of belonging with it. So it's like this comfort. So that's why um, repetition within education is so important. Because it does get in until the kid goes, ah, oh, yeah, that's yeah, I, totally, I get now. yeah. Mm. But but it's interesting because you never sort of pursued a an early childhood education or um, went down that more conventional route, did you? No, no. I had this dream, like most uh, young people do, as you bounce around the bedroom with your hairbrush and <laughs> and um, I love the whole idea of performing. Growing up in Kaikoui and um, being a pretty shy kid and things like that, there weren't a lot of opportunities to perform, but I made the most of every opportunity while I had it. You know, so um, I was the hairy fairy in Cinderella, the fairy godmother, and my long blonde hair was way down my back. So I got the nickname from the rest of the cast, the hairy fairy. Okay. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it was while you're performing, you have yeah. an opportunity to be all the things that you want to be, but you mm. might not believe that you can be. So mm. I had originally thought of being an, an actor. Mm. And so I have that opportunity in Red, White and Brass just recently, the the, the Tongan story, um, was amazing, although I got to play effectively myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, so I suppose not... that's one route that you could have, uh, well, you, yeah. I mean, yeah. you've ended up having a career in presenting, which is really being yourself in front yeah. of the camera. Yes, exactly. Um, and and although lots of people have said to me, aren't you embarrassed? I mean, you're bouncing around like a 
ball or a waddling yeah. like a penguin or whatever. And particularly when you're making programs for children, mm. if I was trying to make a program for adults in primetime television, yeah, I might be a bit, bit embarrassed if, if it wasn't working. But the number of um, adults that were able to watch You and Me or Susie's World as I made you know, loads of errors while I was trying to find out, you know, discover a scientific hypothesis. Um, you, it's not about how you feel, it's about the smiles that you're able to get at home. So right. you imagine when you're looking down the barrel of the camera, you're imagining this little person um, with, I learnt this with um, the early bird show where I first started in 1990, is that um, you imagine they're there with their breakfast bowl or their piece of marmite and toast, and there's more on their face than there is on them, and you, they're you know, just waking up. It's being there, being a part of their lives, being part in their room, going, "Hey, come on, come and join me," um, and and connecting with them through whatever medium you're you're talking to. So, mm. 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 well, yeah, you do seem very comfortable in that in that role, and there's sort of a a sort of a I guess the word is an intimacy with you, with the way that you talk, you know, through the camera, if you've got a book in your hand or there's definitely mm. a skill in that and you seem very comfortable and the pace is right and, you know, so it's something I think you've really mastered very beautifully, oh, actually. Yeah. Thank you. We well, like, were very wow. fortunate with you and me. We had uh, all the writers and directors were um, preschool trained. So they knew yeah. the language. They knew the timing. Yeah. And so to say, hello, my friend. How are mm. you today? Mm. And then give a pause for the child to react. Um, yeah. Had to laugh. At one stage, the, the program was surveyed and um, the survey results were, um, child disengaged, playing with toys while watching TV, um, not interested. Mm. Child has just left the room. Oh, child has just come back with the toy to show Susie that he has a copy, oh. has one of those two type thing. So... Um, a child will play, but will still take things in. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah interesting. Mm. Okay, so let's let's just have a wee pivot now. Let, let's talk about something completely different, uh, something we've all experienced, uh, failure. Mm. It's a concept we could most definitely reframe with more compassion and kindness. Um, let, let's think about an example um, of a time when something didn't work out for you that you could now reflect on and maybe thought about handling it, say, differently. I'm just um, thinking about, yeah, just because, I mean, you know, obviously um, it's something we've all experienced, right? And mm. I hate I, I hate that badge, that word failure. Um, sometimes I think how we wrap up failure and how we often talk about failure. I feel like men and women view and talk about failure differently too. It's probably a bit of a different conversation, but... I feel like how I talk about failure is sometimes different from how um, I talk about failure with my male friends and even my partner, but how I view failure. Sure. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't view, personally, I don't view failure as such a black and white thing. But for yourself, you know, how do you sort of see it? Um, In your own for, world. Yeah. yeah, failure for me yeah. as a young person was ginormous. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, the pain, the physical, mm. the, the, um, the, the pain, the shame, the, whether that be... Uh, yeah, in, in relationships or... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or doing... Like, take it right back to the schoolyard and um, <laughs> being more of a bookworm than I was anything else, being yes. as round as I was high, as somebody once put it, um, I I was ne I, I used to rock a great book. I was never great at um, exercise. Running races. Yeah, no, exactly. I've just come <laughs> back from a walk, really. actually. So now that I'm older, I'm yeah. actually getting a little bit more into it. But um, yeah. no, any of the running races, oh, I was last. I was always picked last at the um, for yeah. our school team. You know how the they line up. The yeah. <laughs> So um, failure was just all-encompassing. It hurt. It hurt. And you just felt mm. like you um, you couldn't get over the high jump. You couldn't even run fast enough to launch <laughs> yourself high enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that kind of failure from a young age. Um, and to a certain extent, we do need to be able to fail so that we know what a success is, you know. If we if everything's really, really easy, True. then when, yeah. a, a, particularly later in life, if we don't get that job or we mm. don't get asked out on a date or whatever it is, 
that mm. we don't take it so heartfelt because it's not a failure. It is just a stepping stone on the road to success. And various, you talk about um, the genders, perhaps, um, viewing failure differently. I think different countries do that as well. And I once heard a, um, or I read a story or read, read a book or something like that, comparing, say, Americans with other countries in the world, New Zealand being a really good example. Actually, it might have been um, a talkback show. Um, mm. That Americans go, yeah, I fail, you know. I'm going to take my lessons and put them into the next time. And it was in a business context. The business okay. failed. So they went, okay, that's not how we do it next time. We do it this way. Oh, heck, that failed. Well, we've got two lessons here. The third time might be the lucky one. Whereas in New Zealand, we fail at business and that's it. We're down tools. We, we don't try again. We don't right. take our lessons and improve. So yeah. that's one thing. Once I heard that, I went, wow, that's really, really interesting that we as a people do that. And I think it's all part of that tall poppy syndrome and all those sorts of things. But um, Do you think we're not as resilient? Um, I think we went too hard on ourselves. I think we, we go, I'm not good at this and, and give up. We are getting better and that, that's just a gross generalisation. But um, I don't think we should support the idea that you are a massive success just by attempting it's like okay that didn't work out that wasn't mm. as good as it could have been or you know mm. it, it, um, yeah. it didn't work so it didn't work what did we learn yeah. from it what did we learn from it what are we going to do differently next time mm. you know your, yeah. your the speech that you wrote didn't resonate with the rest of your class so how are you going to change it so that mm. next time that joke does get across a little bit more mm. you know, clearly mm. and things like that. Um, well, it's a big word. It's a big. It's a big word. It's a harsh mm. word, failure. Yes. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's a. I'm wondering if it's a word that we should sort of almost eradicate or save it for a rainy day. <laughs> save yeah. it for a, save it for where where it really needs to be said. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's it's how we look at it and how we take the our, the lessons from what we've learned, um, take that learning and and improve ourselves and yeah. what we're doing, our processes. That's right. Because I think, you know, when, when it comes to sort of teaching our kids to uh, endure and be more resilient, my thoughts are, you know, do we teach them, as you've just pointed out, that it's a stepping stone to a better experience next time mm. rather than it being the end, you know, and yes. how do we actually teach them that? What are the processes that we have to put in place to teach them that, mm. as opposed to it being the grand finale? Finale, yeah. Yeah, as sort of as a parenting tool, you know? Oh, yeah, very useful parenting tool, but um, a personal tool as well, definitely. Yeah, for us as adults, and I think also, you know, we need to be able to kind of pass that on for our kids. And um, I know, like, you know, as, as your kids grow and they go through sort of pretty large assessments with examination time and pressures, that that becomes more more of an issue, more stresses and pressures for our kids as they mm. go through the education system. If they don't hand that bit of paper in by 8.30am, they've failed. Yep. That's, uh, but, that's and the that's, reality. That's, that's the reality of it, yes. Yeah. So um, it's not everybody should get a pass. It's that we do need to be aware of that because whether we it's when we become parents or when we uh, are taking on that first job or whatever, or any job, we do have they have expectations of us, mm. and we need to step up to those expectations. Mm, but that's right. we sign up for that when we sign the contract to to do the job. That's um, right. As parents, we are going to have to step up. We're going to yeah. have to to put our our own issues aside while we deal with our children, and then yeah. work through through them. That's right. So our kids need to understand that there's going to be times when they do need to hand that piece of paper and otherwise they mm. will fail yep. and there will be consequences. And then they also have to be able to decode the journey that there's going to be times where if they haven't done this or that, that it's not the end either. Yeah, exactly. So it's when we, both. Yeah. Uh, we often shelter our children from what's going on in our lives and, and we should actually because we need those kids to be free to be children for as long as possible. But mm. so if something... When something bad happens to us as adults, it's about explaining, not in depth, but explaining enough so that they know that, hey, I'm dealing with something at work at the moment. 
I'm feeling a little bit of pressure, I'm feeling stress or, or whatever. I just need a little bit of space and it doesn't mean that I love you any less, but mm. I'm just feeling a little bit. And how I'm dealing with it is I'm going to go to bed early tonight or I'm going to, yeah. um, I need to go for a walk and process this or, you know, it's showing them what your strategies are for how you're dealing with what's going yeah, on. That's right. What do you think about this whole digital era? You know, kids being on screens for really prolonged periods of time. And mm. I mean, is it something that you've personally battled with in your own home? Hmm. Oh, look, and look, I'm I'm also one of those ones that I can't go to sleep. So I might pick up the phone and just go, Yeah, you know, yeah. we all do it. So it's all something sure. that we need to, to be aware of. Um I think the longer we can postpone from giving our child a really smart device, the better. The more mm. that we are seen without our device, that it's not at the dining table and it's not um, when we're all sitting around watching a, a television program together. We're there in the moment. We're there in the now. Um, the best thing you can ever give your child is your time, device-free time. Mm. Okay, different if you're having a, um, uh, you're on a, a game together, you know, PlayStation or Xbox or something like that, that can be really good too because you can have some laughs, you can have some um, good conversation around it. You can look at um, competitive strategies and things like that and how you cope with the loss of a game, you know. I didn't win, you won that one. Ah, oh, you know, good on you type thing. Um, mm. But devices divide and they are all-consuming and they're so addictive and they're, they're made that way. They're, they've been designed specifically sure. to draw us in and to keep us there. So the yeah. longer that we can prevent our kids from being absorbed into it and are mindful of what apps and so on they're using, there's some great communication opportunities there, but yes. there are also some apps that you really need to be across because um, as we're finding more and more, people are communicating less person to person and are feel braver about making comments and passing judgments and saying nasty things from behind the cover of a, um, a phone. Mm. That glass is yeah. a big barrier for them. It's they a barrier. believe that they're safe. So yep. um, there are nasty things being said. So mm. I guess that's one of the things too is when my children are small is making them aware even with um, the iPad, just be very, very careful what you are watching and we make sure that they when they were when they were small the devices were all used in family rooms and things like that um a lot on the big screen so that as parents while we're preparing tea or whatever we can see what's going on on the television and yeah. oh no i wouldn't push that button do you know why let's have a look at the thumbnail okay so the thumbnail looks really good it looks really interesting but what are the words underneath hmm that's not kind of going to give you what you're hoping to see. Mm. And we talked about the fact that you can't unsee things. When you click on something and see something that you don't like, mm. please come and have a ch chat to us so that we can help you get rid of it. So That's good advice, yeah. yeah. And it's not about then going, what are you doing, da-da-da? It's about going, oh, heck, what did you see? Okay, what, how did that make you feel? Why do you think they've done that? You know, all those sorts of things. Ask them all the mm. why questions to get all that information out. Sometimes they don't know themselves or the words are in there, but they just don't have the ability to be able yeah, to express it. to express so it, yeah. It will often result in, and if they don't come and tell you, their behaviour will tell you what's that something's up, that they're feeling uh, guilty or feeling bad or they've seen something. So it's, made, it's brought up emotions inside them that they mm. can't express. Um, so it'll often result in bad behaviour just to get mm. some attention or a focus yeah. on them. So whew, it can be a bit of a, um, a minefield navigating life with, with young people. It and can. Even when, and even even with teens, because once again, yes. they know that they're doing things that... Yes, harder just, with you've... teens. I was yeah. just going to segue into that and say, yeah. of course, much harder to manage that with teens because the visibility, the proximity that you're talking about with young people, you can't, you don't get that with teens. Teens no. lock themselves away in their bedrooms and you don't see what they're actually looking at. Yeah, so I've been incredibly grateful that the communication that we have with our teens at home, my husband and I, has majority of the time been really, really good. There are mm. times when, and we all have to do it as we grow and develop, we all have to do that. We have to um, have our time away and be... Um, 
our own person and and make our own mistakes and and deal with those emotions. But I guess it's just that thing of being there as a parent to ensure that um, your child knows that you're always there, mm. that you're always going to love them, whatever they do, mm. but um, and you are there to help them whenever you can, but you can't do life for them. That's and, right. And here we go, there's that mistake and failure thing again. It's not a failure if you make a mistake, you know. Mm. We need to learn from our mistakes. That's right. And, I mean, as somebody, you know, once said that that's the only way that, you know, kids and adults actually build resilience is by stepping in. You you can't mm. buy resilience off the shelf no. or get it in a lottery, you know. You actually only build it by doing it, you know, messing up, yeah. putting the cloak on. Yep. And and then sort of trying again. So it's just part of human nature is that, that you have to you have to pick yourself up, try again. Yep. Pick yourself up and, and try again. Um hey, what was it like? I just, just wanted to talk to you about lockdown and, and just sort of working on home learning TV during lockdown, during the COVID lockdowns. Um because there must have been so much angst among youngsters and, and parents during that time. So what mm. was that like for you? Well for it must me, have been so uh, different. Yeah, lockdown was incredibly busy. My my kids were, um, they would have been 15 and 12, mm. 15 and, yeah, yeah, 12, 13, 14, yeah, yeah. about that age. So we're going anyway, back about um, two, so, yeah, two or three years ago, so. Yeah, and, yeah. and to me, lockdown was a bit of a blur because we had, um, preparing for lockdown, I got extra craft things in. I mean, I'll just turn the camera here a little bit. Oh, I've got two, I've got several um, rows of, of containers here, um, drawers, yes. plastic drawer sets, full of craft things. So mm. back before COVID, I would have little kids coming into the studio and um, showing me their, their crafts and the things that they love doing. So we've always got things like this in the house and, and we've always spent time with the kids doing arty crafty stuff ourselves. So I got extra things in, I got pampering things for soaking our feet and doing your nails you know all this yeah. downtime we were going to have yeah. we went to the library the day before and we took out 30 books each um so that the kids had things to do and we we're only thinking we're going to be in here for a few weeks but hey we'll, we'll make the most of it and then um i got hold of the ministry of education and said if you're making any content for or uh, or doing anything baking a channel for families I've got some Susie's World videos. I would love to share them with you. And they said, great, yes, please. Would you like oh. to make some content for us? Some new content? Definitely. Wow. I'm all in. Yeah. And then I went, oh, crikey. How do I do that when normally I have a camera operator with all the gear come into our house to do that? Yes. So I had to have um, a word to my husband and ask him whether <laughs> he might be prepared to learn how to use the equipment and things like that. And we borrowed, in the, just in the last few hours before we went into lockdown, we were able to borrow a green screen and oh. extra lights and things like that to, so that we could make it work. But mm. um, lockdown was incredibly busy and quite challenging from a work point of view. But I was very fortunate with kids the age that they were. We would be with them for every meal. We'd be popping up to see that they're okay. But we were getting on down here in, the, in our rumpus room making content mm. um, and so it's all a bit of a blur and I do remember coming out of it a few weeks after lockdown and I still had a, a twitch in my eye. <laughs> yeah. so Just our, so frenetic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so our yeah. lockdown was very different from a lot of others and I yeah. feel for those whose families were under pressure anyway, relationships were under pressure and I know mm. some of those kind of exploded during lockdown because you didn't get to have that time apart and um, time to process and, you know, let the pressure cooker timer off mm. and that sort of stuff. And kids were stuck in some pretty tense environments. Mm. But um, it was wonderful to be able to connect with a new generation of Kiwi kids and to be there for a lot of parents who... With Home Learning TV, I've had so many comments about, wow, you know, it gave the kids something to focus on, something positive to do, made learning fun, and um, it kind of normalised it a wee bit too. And yes. so, yeah, it was great that that yeah. was there. There is always so much more that can be done. And look, I doubt that we're ever going to be in lockdown again, but um, I have ideas that if we do, what we could do next time. Mm. So, yeah. But, yeah, I think I think there uh, there were you know obviously a, a handful of people like yourself, and I'm sure 
I'm just thinking about also Michelle Dickinson with Mind mm. Lab and people, creative people like yourself that, you know, produced content and did some really innovative things that if there was ever a round two, yeah. you, you'd, you'd be ready to go again and you'd know exactly what to do and ways to kind of re-contribute and add yeah. more value, you know. Um, but yeah, look, everybody, I think, just sort of got on with it the best that they could. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, there, there were there, there was a lot of angst, though, in young people. And, um, you know, I, I had a teenager that sort of went to bed and didn't, you know, really just found it very difficult to to learn and to, you know, to flourish during that time. And, um, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't an easy time for young people at all. Um, Though I think you know, in many ways they were so fortunate that they were still able to con- connect if they were open to it via all these devices. You know, here yeah. we say... Schools did a pretty good job in yeah. general, you yeah. know, with online learning. It was there. Um, I know that, you know, my teen sort of had one eye open and mm. in bed, but one eye open and sort of hung on. And I just used to go downstairs with huge vat loads of French toast <laughs> and maple yeah. syrup and wake her up with lots of sugar. Um, Wonderful. <laughs> Great. But, it, yeah, it was it was sort of a tough time. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of innovation also going on during that time. Um, and, you know, you were one person doing some pretty incredible things. So it was great. Um, I mean, you are such a staple in the hearts and minds of Kiwis. So just I'm interested in your drive. Um, and, uh, you know, I appreciate your sort of candidness around sort of, you know, having periods of time in your life where you have sort of struggled with sort of ups and downs. And I mean, we're all human. And so it stands Mm. to reason that you would. But I am a little bit interested in what sort of what's your driver, like what's driving you to do just the constancy in the work that you do. And you you do sort of come across as this very sort of ebullient kind of bubbly sort of personality. So what are your drivers? Um, My drivers uh, originally were to be a better person myself. So um, because, as I say, I had um, times when I was uh, quite an anxious person, had a lot of self-doubt, things like that, I went, I don't want to live my life like this. I am over it. And was this in your youth? Sorry, just yeah. to cut in. Was this yeah. more when you were a young person? Susie? When I was a young person. So okay. by having self-doubt and things like that, I missed out on a lot of opportunities because, ah. oh, I hadn't done that before. Oh, I didn't think I could do that. Oh, I um, I wouldn't be any good at it, those sorts of things. So I missed out on a lot of opportunities. I used to be um, so afraid of heights that I wouldn't walk, I wouldn't be able to get above the third rung on a ladder and I would just be, I just was a, I could think of, just, I don't want to use the word wimpy, but you know, I was, I was a big softy, I was a big sook, I, mm. I, I wouldn't give things a go, I wasn't very brave and I went, oh, I'm sick of living like this, I can't be like this all my life. How am I going to change? And I'm fortunate in that I didn't look for others to change me or to make mm. my life better. I realised it was going to come from me. And to a part, I'm very grateful for my grandmother um, and all the support that she gave me as a young person and being um, a mature, wise person who could reflect on her own life and go, well, you're actually like I was when I was a kid. So she would be so supportive. And mum mum was too. But it was um, about, she would talk to me about having belief in myself and, and choosing to make change. So one year we moved from one side of Kaikoi to the other and changed schools. And I used that as a catalyst to make change. And I went, right, they don't know me at this school. I'm going to do things differently. And I was that little bit braver. And I tried not to be um, scared in the playground when the ball came running towards me, you know, that kind of thing. I didn't necessarily play, take, take, play tag, but I tried being the person that said hello first. And mm. um, I became more aware of other people's feelings and less concerned about how I was feeling, um, knowing that and with all the books that I've read and you know courses that I've been to, that other people are, are potentially just as shy and full of self-doubt as I am. And if I can say hello and I can listen to what they have to say and ask questions about them... I'm building confidence by 
talking and listening to them and I'm building confidence in them by them feeling that they're being listened to. And yes. that was a really interesting thing. And I tried that once and I would have been in my How late old? teens. It was late um. teens. Actually, what happened was I went to a... Um, I was one of the first actors in Northland Youth Theatre up in Whangarei in their inaugural play. And... I was coming from Kaikoi. I didn't know anybody else. Everybody else was from Whangarei or Kirikiri or Kaukaua, that kind of thing. And I sat there and well-behaved, listening to it all. All the other kids that were there as part of the cast, which included me, all thought that I was one of the trainee teachers because I was sitting oh. there. <laughs> so I had to learn to relax a little bit yeah. and be less conscious of what other people thought of me. Um, and... Um, have a bit more fun, so yeah. that was good. And and say hi and introduce myself and find out who yes. these people were. The more I found out about them, the more I became included in what was going on. And we've st I've still mm. got friends that we keep in touch with from those years, and that's <clears throat> a decade or some number ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, interesting though that um, I guess that that. Kind of the EQ that kicked in, sort of in your late teens, mm. where you were able to kind of affect those changes. You became self-aware enough to be able to make those changes, right? So, yeah. You'd, you'd, but you need to almost have that coming of age, I think, to be able to do that. Yes, it's not something yes. you can do when you're super young. No, you know, no. like I'm just aware of that. Even you know, raising my own daughter at the moment, you know as a parent, and you must be like that with your own 15-year-old, I think some of those changes that you're thinking we're talking about now, you know, some, there's ages and stages and you can't yep. sort of expect too much. Oh, definitely. And and what one person can do will be not necessarily the same as what another person can do. Mm. So I was in primary school when I made that first thought of, how, and, and my grandmother gave me the thought that I could, if I, I said to her, Nana, why am I always so sad? Why am I always so scared? Why am I, why can't I be brave? And she said, you can, darling. You can. You can make a choice to be these things. Mm. And um, and as, it was as I was moving school, and I would have been probably year five, I think, um, that when I was moving school, she said, you can make a choice now to be brave and nobody knows you at this school. And I went, okay. And um, although it felt monumental for me, I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was trying to change my height or my hair colour or the colour of my mm. eyes or any of those sorts of things. I was just trying to be a little bit braver and nobody would have known, except for me, that mm. I was doing things differently because I was at a mm. new school. It could have worked or I could have failed and no yeah. one would be any, any the wiser, but I gave it a go. Yeah. So, and it so was you've always a, been a bit plucky. You've always been a bit yeah, plucky. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so if we hop back to failure, as a um, a producer, uh, we have with my own production company. Every year, I put in a funding application to New Zealand on air. Please, may may I have mm. some more? You know, mm, that's <laughs> um, right. And each year, you're setting yourself up for failure that you might yes. not get funding. Yes. So we don't you ask, go, you don't get. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, so, so I mean, if you're feeling a bit off or you have a bad day, and you're not feeling great, what are the ways that you look after yourself? Um, I am a great one for um, advocating the shower. The shower oh. is a great place to sing, to yes. enjoy, to cry, to shout, to rage, to. <laughs> Um, to cleanse, to let go, to let go. You do need to feel those feelings. You do need to have, um, you don't want to stifle them. Mm. You want to sit with them and, and acknowledge them and why you're feeling those feelings and that frustration and that anger. And then sometimes when you can't work out why, you know, why am I feeling all this way? You actually really need to to sit with it and find out where it's coming from. Um Something does. Somebody does something, and you react in a way that you are surprised at. You go, okay. What happened just then? Let's. And you might not be able to do it straight away. Yeah. You need to later on. You want to deal with it before you go to bed and go. Why did I react this way? 
Is it the culmination of a whole lot of things? That, and that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back? Or is it, what is bugging me about that situation or that person or myself or whatever it is? And if you can unpack that. Yeah. Oh, it's, it makes a huge difference. Yes. And it's not always easy. No. So, I, so you been, try and do that. You try and sort yeah. of get on top of it before mm. you go to sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because too many nights as a young person that I just pile it up okay. one on top of the other and um, yeah, and it becomes so much harder. I mean, yes. I've not ever been to a counsellor or had a therapist or anything like that. I've that was actually, I, I was going to ask you that. That was my next yeah. question because I was just curious. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I don't know why. I think it's all been a timing thing, you know. Yeah. Um, um, but I've done a lot of work yeah. on myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see yeah. that. Yeah, I was just curious whether it was all something you did, you just managed yourself. It sounds like you have. Yeah, and I guess mm. various various role models in my life, whether it was my, my grandmother, my mum, my mother-in-law, mm. were all very good at mm. um, having an open ear. Um, mm. Some were better That's at... Great giving me ideas and hints and strategies, others were quite good at saying, right, this is what you need to know, you know. Yes, yeah. But, and look, sometimes you need that, right? You yeah. just need people in your life that will actually say, no, look, I think you're making a mistake here. or yeah. And people that you respect that you can listen to. Yeah. Just, um, I do have a question about mental health. I mean, I'm just interested in your view on that. Do you think that, you know, we need to be really proactive in this conversation with it with kids at the moment, mental health having um, you know a proactive approach with kids, um, you know having having very sort of uh, clear conversations with kids around mental health these days. Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of ways of doing that, and um, particularly with younger kids, it's about talking to them about how they're feeling, yes. um, acknowledging how they're feeling, mm. um, and those sorts of things. Um, I think the whole concept of mental health for young people is just... It's, um, a, big, it's a big arena, isn't it? Yeah, and and yeah, you yeah. do it quite nicely with... I've, I was watching one of your videos around emotions and you use mm. colours to convey emotions and yellow and you, you pair it right down, you know? Yeah. Well, in behind me, I've got a... These are all New Zealand authors and illustrators and so on. I'm just trying to grab... Where is it? Oh. How do I feel? Mm. Oh which is in the Aroha series. Yes. And we've, I share lots of helpful books. So this yes, is yes. a really good example of how do I feel? It has 60 plus definitions for emotions. It's a dictionary of emotions for children. So, hey, the first one I turn to, panic. And yes. it will attribute colours and how do you feel? How your body might look and feel? How is this emotion helpful? Sometimes it's similar to anxiety or shock, you know, all those sorts of things. So it explains it. But it's like, um, um, I guess it's like that, that conversation with, with uh, a young person, when I'm talking really young, that says, Mum, where did I come from? Mm. And you go into that whole big sex ed conversation, all the rest of it. Oh, no, I meant... Where do I come from in New Zealand? You know, <laughs> you yeah. need to find out in which context the context. child is. Yeah. yeah. So and and work with them at their level of knowledge and mm. need. So mm. um, when it comes to mental health, I, I those helpful books which deal with strategies, deal with situations, um, means that even if the child has not had that kind of situation themselves, somewhere in here they go, mm, I remember a story when so-and-so didn't have a friend and what they did was this or, um, you know, that kind of thing. So that they're building up this little library of strategies and ideas and ways that people can deal with it um, mm. that kind of uh, prepares them. So with older kids, yes. Uh, but I don't know that we package it necessarily as a mental health thing either. Yeah. I think it's, it's that whole, um, sweetheart, I don't know about you, but I really need a hot chocolate. Do you want to come down the road with me? Mm. And yeah. or, or, oh, I've had enough of being stuck in this house. Come on, put your shoes on and let's go and have a walk. Invariably, a teen is going to say, no, thank you. But at the end of that walk, if there's a, um, a trumpet from the dairy or a hot chocolate or something like that, a packet of chips or, 
you know, McDonald's yeah. ice cream. Something you know, in it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, then you're more likely to get them there. And yeah. the actual act of getting out, and it's amazing what can be discussed or not, but them just mm. knowing that you're there, mm. even, even a silence, if it's not a really tense yeah. one, is mm. a good thing to have. That's so, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so. how you, as you say, you package it up, right? Mm, yeah. yeah, and yeah, and staying away from sort of heavy, heavy or slightly confrontational language. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, I agree. and that whole that whole question of how are you feeling? Mm. What are you doing? No, 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 you yes. know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. more yeah. a case of, oh, I'm I'm tired from such and such. How about you? Did you get enough sleep mm. last night? Yeah. Mm. How's that bed? Is it comfortable? Is it you know? Yes. Your pillow. You know, all, That's all, right. Those sorts of things. Yeah, mm. I think you might have been asked this one before, but I'm just going to ask you anyway. Um, if you had advice for your younger self, what would it be? Oh, get over yourself, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Lighten yeah. up, have some fun. I did take yeah. life all too seriously as a young person. And um, and I, it's much easier to say, here I am, 55 this year in June, and I... Pfft, Physically, feel it at times. Mentally, I feel freer and lighter Mm. and better able to cope with things than ever before. And Mm. I think a certain certain amount of that comes with age, Um, although we're not at the purple rinse age or anything like that. No, no. We really don't care. Um, It is that, that thing of, hey, I'm a good person and I love what I do and I do what I love. And that's one thing that I feel very, very grateful for. Um, when I was let go from TV3 with um, Susie's World and they decided that they didn't need the programme or, or me anymore, um, I had the opportunity to sit back and go, right, is it time to move on from television? I've been there for over a decade. Um, is it time to let it go? But everything I looked at, whether it be uh, going and doing my massage course because I really wanted to be able to do child and family massage and help release tension and that kind of thing. Oh, hang on, that's still families. Um, Do I want to go and do wellness, become a naturopath or something like that? Um, Because if you can give families a good start and help those children, I went, oh, I'm still focusing on kids here. Um, And here I am thinking that I'm going to go and do something completely different. But it all came back. Do I want to go and train as a teacher? Do I want to go and train as a, um, a counsellor? Do I? And it all came back to families and kids and giving kids a better start. So um, I can't That's remember what the question was. Now. Yeah. So you sort of just what would you you know your advice for younger self? What would it oh, be? Oh, younger self. Yeah. Is, yeah. Um, yeah. It basically is lighten up, have fun. And and um, love what you do and do what you love. And you're loving what you do. So you're yeah. saying that actually I found my fit, you know, yeah. what I'm doing is actually yeah. what I love to do. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So and isn't that a nice it, place to be? Yeah. And, and admittedly, um, money is always going to be something that people need to survive and things like that. But it's mm. not about having the flashest house and having mm. the flashest gears and all the rest of it. It's about unconditional love of self and of those mm. around you and a belief in yourself and happiness mm. and you can have that happiness you don't need somebody else in your life to be happy and fulfilled if you mm. love yourself mm. and love who you are then you know you happiness will you'll find happiness anyway and, yeah, and that's, that's right. what you want happiness that's happiness right. and comfort and security that's right, and that's that's a great message. I mean, happiness—you got it. It's, it begins at home. Mm. It starts with with number one, yeah. and you got to get that sorted first, and then the re- and the rest flows. Yeah, yeah. Actually, talking about happiness and and the home, um, with one of the um, previews, oh, well, not previews, one of the screenings of um, Red, White, and Brass just recently, mm. I was able to host a Q and A session afterwards with the writer producer of the film, mm. who's family story that whole film was about. So it's about the brass band that was formed by a Tongan church to be able to go and see Tonga versus France in 2011 in the Rugby World Cup. And so it's such a good movie. If you haven't been to see it, you go and see it. I'll but, go and um, see it. Yeah. We also interviewed his mum, who plays herself in the movie. Okay. And she, the big part of the church, the Methodist church, and mm. um, she has had a big part in the local schools as a uh, former secondary school teacher. 
and she said the message that she wants to share with everybody as part of the movie and having this voice now is that as a parent, it's the security and comfort and warmth that you can provide in the home that mm. really is your goal as as a parent. Your child needs to be safe at home and know they are safe and secure and loved because the big bad world out there you've got no control of, but how you can make your child feel loved and safe at home is yes. what your role is as a parent. Ah, yes, mm. yes. Yeah, that's... um. It's nice. It's actually yeah. nice. So when's, how long is that movie, when's that coming out? Or what's oh, the... That came out on the 23rd of March. And okay. so it'll be out on screens around New Zealand for a number of weeks. Oh, excellent. Okay, well, so we'll look out for that. That sounds like it's going to be a good watch. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, so yeah. much fun. So much fun. And uh, take your tissues as well. If you're anything like me, oh, I've seen good. it. Okay. I've seen it five times and I still cry in the same place. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, forewarned, forearmed. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like it's going to be a really good watch. I can't look, yeah. I look forward to seeing it. Yeah. Oh, it's been so much fun talking to you, Susie. Thanks so much. And you've shared a lot about yourself. I just want to say thank you very much. Oh, thank you it's for been, the opportunity. Uh, it's been really great to talk with you today. And, um, yeah, I do wish you all the best for the year. Have you got any, just last quick out, outro here, any exciting plans for the year ahead? Um, I've got several events coming up, um, events for families and, right. and children. I've got um, some songs coming out. Because oh, um, you sing them, right? You, you, yeah, you're yeah, singing. So, yeah. And I've got some wonderful Talented. collabs. So um, oh, a couple cool. of years out, while doing Dancing with the Stars, I released a song, Sprinkle a Little Sunshine Over You. And that's all about looking for the sunshine in your day, finding the positive, pointing out the good things around you. Um, yes. Um, and I've released that with Kath B. We've got another song coming out together called um, I Can Do It. And that came around. I started the, with the gem of that idea around the same time of Dancing with the Stars. And I said to Kath, I'm chugging up the Porrid Avenue, <laughs> well, the street that I live on, and I'm going, oh, I can do it. I can do it. I can <laughs> yeah. do it. And it became the song I Can Do It. And it's coming out as a book as well oh. with um, Scholastic. So that's coming oh, yes. out in September in time for the school holidays. Oh, wow. Fantastic. But another song with Jenny Joy about being oh. a unicorn and being brave and standing up and mm. shining in your own light. And another one with Levity Beat. And mm. um, I'm on an EP with Loopy Tunes who write songs in Te Reo Māori and, and Pacific Island um, languages. And oh, very cool. So you've got quite a lot going on. Oh, yeah. You've got a lot going on. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to sort of hearing them and seeing more of them. We must stay in touch, okay? Wonderful. So when you start posting, sort of tag me in and we can shout them out for you. Oh, lovely. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, well, we'll thank you for all out. that you're doing too with yeah. um, sharing your voice and the voice of others that will hopefully help others along the way. Yeah, um, on the wellness journey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah lovely. All right, well, we'll stay in touch. Thanks so much, Susie. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in and joining our conversation and stay tuned for more episodes. Please rate, review and subscribe. Check out the show notes if you'd like to contact this episode's interviewee. At Source Podcast does not accept any liability for the results of any actions taken or not taken upon the basis of information in this podcast or for any errors or omissions. Those acting upon information do so entirely at their own risk. We recommend that you seek professional assistance from certified doctors for your health and well-being issues.